Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Gina is feeling a little down. She has just lost her job and she feels stuck and frustrated in a passionless marriage. She's always lived life on the sidelines. That is, until she met with the groundbreaking business opportunity of her of a lifetime, converting a team of well-built moving guys into well-built house cleaners. Initially, the response from her ocean swimming community is immediate, and her all-male cleaning staff is an instant hit. Finally, she is the boss she's always wanted to be. The film is called How to Please a Woman, and it's a funny and revealing look into the vulnerable world of what women really want and how hard it can be to get it right. We're joined today by the director and writer of this wonderful film, and that would be Renee Webster. Renee, welcome to Film School Radio. Oh, thank you, Mike. It's very, uh, it's great to be here. Even It's great to be here on the air, given that I'm in Australia. <laughs> yes, we're reaching you in, is it Perth that you're you are that's right yep perth western australia actually i'm in Fremantle, which is the kind of coastal port city of perth and that's where we filmed most of the movie tell me what inspired how to please a woman well you know i don't know if i could have written this film without um the little inspiration point because it was a real life thing so i read about and even saw a sort of little short doc about um two women who ran a um a business that offered sexual services to women. And, you know, that was kind of one thing. But what really caught my attention about it was these two women who ran the business described themselves as housewives. And they began this business from home and they began it from their kitchens. So I have this incredibly um, narrow, limited understanding of the sex industry that is prejudiced and all sorts of things. And I'm not even going to pretend to know about the sex industry. But these two women and what they talked about was so counter to my understanding of that. So I read everything I could about them. And then, so your little kind of filmmaker beacon is going off a bit like, this is interesting. This feels like real humanity. And, you know, my first questions were, you know, is it, is it even legal? Are you in Australia? It's legal. There's a lot of restrictions, but it is legal to provide sexual services. So when I contacted them, what was really interesting and my other question for them was, who, who are your clients? I just wondered, who are these women who will pay for sex? And I sort of, again, I came on board with assumptions that they would be confident, wealthy, executive women with no time in their lives who feel incredibly transactional about their experiences. And they did have some of those clients who were seeking quality. But, you know, there are a lot of clients there who... I was very surprised to hear about who they were, the fact they would take this giant leap. You know, they weren't prepared to give up on sex. To me, that just kind of pointed to how important it is in our lives. This idea of women's work, right? This is women's work, cleaning a house. And also, most of us think of sex work as the the purview of women. Most of the, I mean, that's at least maybe I'm, Maybe I'm overthinking that, but that's generally what people think of when they think of uh, sex workers. It's such a wonderfully rounded out idea in the sense that women, yes, sex, obviously important, but the idea of cleaning the house, it's funny, 
But at the same time, there's a point to it. There's a point to to that being a part of the story, isn't there? Um, yeah, that there is. It is a bit pointed. So I think what was happening there is the screenwriter side of me was uh, when I was writing the movie, the way I kind of come up with stories is I know some writers kind of are able to think right away and almost the hero's journey or the three-act structure. And, and I'm ten instead tend to think of all these ingredients of what I want to work with the, that are usually thematically linked. So the the um, the business of housework, it just took me a while to plot that to make it work. But the undeniable truth in it is none of us like it, but it's important and it is important in our lives. When we went to Sally Phillips, who plays Gina for the lead, Sally was fantastic. She read it and came back right away. And not only did we have this great chat, but she came back with statistics. So Sally said to me that statistically, when a woman marries a man, okay, so I'm, I'm, to- I'm talking about this within the paradigm of a heterosexual marriage. Right. When a woman marries a man, her life expectancy goes down and his goes up. And apparently housework has something to do with it. So there was that. And then the other statistic, again, from Sally Phillips, I'm going to quote Sally, not her source, <laughs> is that when you look at all the relationships, so I'm now breaking out of the heterosexual paradigm, when you look at all the marriages and relationships, the people who have the least orgasms are the women in a heterosexual relationship. And that, as we know, is often kind of coined as the pleasure gap. So there were these kind of little truth bombs that I was really interested in sort of mining. You know, they're, they're serious and important, but I wanted to have fun with them as well. That is great. That's a great perspective. And absolutely, when I when I struck out on my own, I think every everybody is faced with the idea that they're going to have to take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. So all of the things that, in my case, my mom took care of when when I was growing up, I mean, not the whole time. But for most a good part of my young years, housekeeping is is backbreaking. And yeah, you're right. It's it's labor. It's there's no other way to say it. It's labor. It's labor intensive work. And it's the idea that somehow, some way, it's always going to be in the in the job description for being a woman or a mom. Yeah, I, I feel like I need to be a little bit careful because um, you know, in my situation, my partner's better at running the house, keeping a house than I am, <laughs> which is lucky when as a filmmaker, sometimes you're um, you're not very dialed in. So so there's plenty, you know, there's a yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm, I'm making a broad point though. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I yeah, you're you're right. You're right. I, but and- I, I think we can acknowledge those men, but actually I think the truth still remains. And there's this thing, and I see it with all the women that I saw go back to work when when my children were young. You know, you can have everything if you do everything. Um, so I, th- I think the truth remains that, that women still carry a lot of that burden and you can't clock off. Yeah. And we want to not care about it. You know, I want to not care about it. And then I wrote a film about it. Not that the film is about housework, but <laughs> so right, right. it's about not having to do the housework. <clears throat> well, I, I think I need to dive down into the storyline itself a little bit more. So Gina, she's just turning 50 and she's lost her job. Yeah, so yeah. she turns okay. 50. It's yeah. not a good age to lose your job, you know, what happens then is your your options are narrowed. Like going out to find new work at 50 is harder than 30. And there is an unsettling trend in her marriage. And yeah, she's, she's lonely in her marriage. She's lonely in her marriage. 
and she's still and she's surrounded by women who are much more I'll call them sex positive, much more willing to take control of their lives in ways that Gina seems reticent to do. So she's encouraged by them to go out and start to live her life as she chooses more, more than she has in the past. So there's this support group of women around her. She is feeling like she needs to really reestablish who she is and what she's about. And the things that you do with these characters are just wonderful. The fact uh, that uh, Gina, and you mentioned uh, Sally Phillips, is terrific. What a, tonally, what a great performance she gives us in the sense that she's vulnerable, but at the same time, she's strong and she's a strong sense of herself, but she's willing to be vulnerable about the people and with the people that, like her husband like around being around her boss. There's things in her, the men in her lives. There's a certain role that she's she's taken on, but she finds this, and the character, she finds this wonderful thread or light or something. How would you describe her in that regard in terms of her own determination? Yeah, look, I think what happens with, Sally does such a great job with Jean, playing the part of Gina, and I'm so delighted when we cast her because what Sally brings to the role is, um, this incredible humanity. Yes. And she's very relatable. And also she's really lovable. So there is a part of in in Gina, there is a part of the every woman. And what, you know, what happens in the film is, you know, oh, the other thing that happens for women at around 50 is there is this kind of creeping invisibility that yes. begins to happen. So that is entirely kind of where she's at. And I just in this movie wanted to Again, you know, when, I, when you asked what I was inspired by, these real-life women who were so counter to what I expected, I wanted to put a woman <laughs> in that role of running a sex business who is the least likely woman and the least personally equipped woman to do that ever because that sends her on an extraordinary journey. And I wanted to explore what is it like for a woman who is in a marriage, and we always hear it's in a heterosexual marriage again, we always hear it's the women who stop wanting to have sex. And, I, you know, that's probably true for the majority of cases, but not all the cases. Sometimes it's the men who, through their own hormonal shifts, et cetera, may experience a loss of desire. So my kind of question is, what would it be like to be married to that? So what I kind of did was I got this character, and with your characters, you meant to put them, you know, between a rock and a hard place. I really put her in a difficult place. And then the really tricky thing is... For the filmmakers out there, we know that, you know, your protagonist has to be incredibly, um, you know, they have to be really in pursuit of something. Gina, as happens for a lot of women who are 50, she doesn't have a lot of agency in her life. So, you know, I so you just ask, you know, what is it that drove her? I just made, made things harder and harder for her and narrowed her options. So weirdly, the thing that flips her in the end is the thought of having to go home and face the entire reality of her life and do all these jobs, including cleaning the oven and creating a new CV. Or <laughs> she can take a hold of this opportunity, which she didn't build that. That kind of came her way so in the movie her business is about resurrecting or closing down businesses that's where she used to work so she knows all about that and she comes across a team of well-built some of them not all of them actually (laughs) movers you call them in the states movers so they're removalists in Australia we say but movers and um and thinks well you know um they could be house cleaners they can clean houses 
And of course, the thing gets out of her control very quickly and she she has a choice. And, and that's what flips her into making that choice. It's an unlikely choice right. and it's a kind of tension in the movie all the way through. All the situations. So in this film, we get straight into people's private lives. I kind of peel straight back that outer character. So the outer story, the A story is kind of the plot is, is fun and unexpected and kind of left field things keep happening. But all the time I try and take it from a very truthful, grounded and human place yes. for each of the characters who engage and go kind of straight to their, um, just, you know, really try and peel them open and, and be very honest about what's really going on in people's private lives. So that's where I'm not trying to have fun and be, and be entertaining in the same way that the plot might ask. I just try and get super honest and then be prepared to have a little bit of fun as well. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. That's a beautiful way to put it. That's that's exactly right. And the the, the characters who are not who are not Gina, uh, Eric Thompson who plays Steve, Alexander England who plays Tom, Ryan Johnson who plays Anthony. These are all people that we get that opportunity to to explore parts of their lives and in an honesty that you just described. Uh, Tom's a winning character. He's quite a guy. He's a he's one of the male. Well, describe Tom for us. Also, Tom is kind of where everything begins, you know, but yeah. but um, he he first of all, um, yes, yeah, so he is one of the team. He was already a sex worker. He'd given it a go <laughs> and he lasted one week. So what I wanted to do with Tom, Tom is this good looking guy. Life comes pretty easily to him. He's a bit easy, easy go lucky. Women kind of come and go a bit easily. But what happens for that man? This is the thing that I was interested in. If he really wants to have a baby, or even if his ex-partner, as in this case, is having his baby and he has no agency in that baby's life, you know, like, again, you take what looks like the fun character that the world comes easily for, the fact that he'd even just try sex work and stripping, that takes immense confidence. Uh, one reviewer described him as like a, a Labrador. He has that kind of energy of, um, <laughs> and and there's um, there's a real loveliness to him. So even though these men are sex workers, they're not, you know, we we don't have them out there trying to be studs. They're a bit more vulnerable than that. They're kind of trying it on, but they're not quite sure if they've got what it takes. <laughs> and there's again, there's fun to be had there, and that's also kind of a very human reality. You're right. He's he is trying to essentially find a place in the life of his ex partner and his soon to be newborn. And um, it, that again, he was great. Um, Eric Thompson, who plays Steve, is another one of those a man of a certain age in his past fifty and and struggling with where he is in 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 his own life in terms of his own happiness, his pursuit of happiness. And the fact that there is a sex positive perspective in the film, it's fun, funny, and exactly the word to use. It's lighthearted, but at the same time, it's also driving towards something to be thought about. The film has, again, that's another thing about the film. It is all the things you've described and you've said it. it it's it's putting us in a position in a way that we wouldn't normally do is think these things through, think about these choices in life and and are we happy and how can we pursue happiness in a way that's that's truly satisfying? Yeah, look, I think one of the things I was trying to do in this film or one of 
One of the things the movie does is it sees sex as a conversation and it kind of acknowledges that that conversation continues to change, uh, whether it's with different partners, whether it's with the same partner over time, whether it's with a brand new partner. So, you know, often in movies what we see is two people really attracted and you kind of wait, delicious tension, and then they get together and they get together and it looks really sexy and really lovely and it, and it all works right, because it's sexy and cinematic and they're lit beautifully. You know, How to Please a Woman is a beautiful-looking film, but I wanted to go to the place of how do you work it out to make sure it works? I just feel that's not acknowledged enough. And there's all these conversations about consent, which is supremely important. The, the thing after consent really is how to make it good between people, and this movie just acknowledges that that's not straightforward or simple and it can change and often what, what we're hearing is that people come out of the film, have had a good time. When I first sat in a cinema audience, I was shocked at how hard people laughed. I didn't kind of intend it to be such a comedy. And people really, particularly, you know, in an audience where the laughter is contagious, they're laughing so hard, really, really hard. And so that's cathartic, right, to have a big laugh. But often people come out and, and what we're hearing is that they just feel a bit better about what's going on in their own lives. I wanted to include a positive marriage story within it as well. So there's people who love each other, but if the dynamic has been entrenched and they're a bit stuck and not feeling intimate, how do you get past that? That's really tough. So I wanted to include that story in there as well. Congratulations on all of oh. it. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I can't say enough about Sally Phillips in terms of her performance, her as you, the likability, the relatability, and her, I just, I just like the way she, this character and what she did with the character carries through the entire film. The storyline and the film and the character's development feels completely appropriate and organic in terms of the way that they interact with one another. That the, the, the laughs come through situations. That's not. It's, these aren't gags that, that you see in the film. These are. They're, they come from situations, and that's the best kind of humor to me. Is those kind of and, and and stories when you can you can see the characters, you begin to relate to the characters, and 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 you're you're along for their ride for their journey. And uh, I just felt like like that with everyone in the film. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we did. I did. You know what? I was kind of known on the set as the fun police because. Sally Phillips has got this huge background in comedy, as we know, and some of it is even sketch, but like she can be hilarious. Of course, we, we know that about her, but what people haven't seen Sally Phillips do a lot of is more drama acting. So she was such an exciting cast for us because when you have someone who has a background in comedy like that, you know, most actors are fearless, but there is a quality to the fearlessness that can come to the performance. And we see that with Sally in this film, I think, and I'm not going to say where. I think you have to see the film. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was a, quite a scene, and I, I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> and it was really, I mean, it was touching. It was a lot of things. It was without getting too much into the description of it. Yeah. it was. Yeah, it was all that. Quite quite often, Sally, you know, really takes it to amazing places. But what she let me do, which was amazing, she described our working days as like a game of whack-a-mole. Whack-a-mole is that little board game where the little mole pops up and you have a hammer and you bang it back down because yes. Sally would offer comedy and I would say no, 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 no. So we shut down and all Sally's instincts of comedy, you know, so I just 
kept closing it down the whole time. I would let the others be funny at times, but not Sally. And so there's this kind of tension that, yeah. that comes from that. And I'm so, it's extraordinary though, because not all cast will let you control their performance in that way. Yeah. We hadn't worked together before and um, she let me, you know, really kind of hold her back. And I think from that, there's this kind of, um, it just becomes a bit delicious along the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. the The art of seduction. There's you can tell there's more. There's more below the surface. There's more there. It kind of comes out in in bits and pieces along the way. Yeah, I just I just really enjoyed the film a lot. So glad that you made it. So glad that you had you you wrote it. I I didn't give you credit as the screenwriter. I apologize earlier. Uh, then, but screenwriter and director, and the film again is coming out here in Los Angeles on the twenty second. It'll be at the Lemley Monica Theater here in Los Angeles and then opening the same night on July 22nd in Seattle, Las Vegas, Philadelphia, Santa Barbara. You can go to and it's at the filmschoolradio.com website, but brainmedia.com and there you'll be able to find how to please a woman. What better goal to have in life than that, I, I say. Uh, so uh, thank you so very much uh, for your time. Thank you so much for the film and, and also for, uh, yeah, for your, this conversation. Uh, Renee Webster, thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Mike. It's been a pleasure. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Music